Welcome to Start By Listening, the podcast about sexual harm and trauma. We are centered on educating and empowering our Western Kentucky communities. Our goal is to transform the way we talk about sexual harm and trauma. Transformation begins by listening to understand. We talk so you can listen today and change the world tomorrow. Well, we just want to say welcome back to all of our listeners out there in podcast land. Let's start by listening. Hello. Hello, hello. Hey, it's Jennifer, a.k.a. The Friendly Therapist, out here with my PIC. Shelby, welcome back, everybody. We are so glad you're joining us today. And we have another amazing person on our podcast. Um, In in this month, the miniseries, we're talking with local medical professionals in our area and finding out a little bit more about the types of trauma that they witness or the types of traumas that they're noticing within the work that they do. And today we have with us Chad Sanders. He's a local nurse practitioner in our community. And so Chad, I'm going to say welcome. And if you'll introduce yourself to us. What's Good to be here. I appreciate you guys having me out here. Um, my name is Chad Sanders. I've uh, been a nurse practitioner for about 20 years now, a little over 20 years. And uh, I spent most of that time here in Owensboro. I started in neurosurgery, did that for a couple years. And then um, for the last 18, 18 and a half, have been at the same place here in Owensboro at a Medicare Center, uh, which is part of Owensboro Medical Practice. Um, and uh, See just a little bit about myself. I've been married for, uh, oh my gosh, I'm glad my wife's not here today. Uh, Been married for a lot of years. Been married for about 28 and a half years. We'll have our 29th anniversary next June. Um, Two daughters, both are in college, which Mm -hmm. is a whole task upon itself. Um, And two great kids, two fantastic kids. So, Try to spend a lot of time doing family stuff, stuff like that. So, but yeah, so that's that's me in a nutshell. If I'm not spending time with the family or at work, then mm-hmm. I'm out in the yard, the flower garden, mm-hmm. garden, messing around outside. I've got lots of dogs and cats, and that's us. That's, that's, that's it. Pretty easy going. The older I get, the less I do that. I'm finding that. Yeah. Well, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So you've been a nurse practitioner for 20 plus years. 20 plus years. Yes. It was an interesting field when I first started. Uh, my first yeah. CV that I sent out resume, yeah. I just sent it with a business plan about what a nurse practitioner was and how you could bill for us. No it was way. Really interesting because really? nurse practitioners weren't heard of yeah. yet that long ago. That is the PAs were slightly common more with the that's the reason I went to work with a, a, a neurosurgeon as soon as I graduated because mm-hmm. they knew how to build for mid-levels and stuff mm-hmm. like that so so yeah it was it was really quite an interesting field I graduated from Western and at the time there was one nurse practitioner in Bowling Green and um and and and, and they just didn't know what we did so I think it was the second graduating class maybe maybe I may be speaking that up <laughs> I guess so. I don't even know what you do so like what what is a nurse practitioner compared to like a, a nurse like what I don't understand right. the billing I, I mean right. it's so complicated <laughs> so it is quite complicated um so nurse practitioners practice in uh, for me our practice is situated much like a, a physician or okay. a DO or, or, or what have you they so you, you you see patients you treat patients you diagnose ailments and and much like you would just seeing 
your regular physician, your regular, for me, I'm family practice specialty. So, so just the same as you see your family practitioner, your family physician, that's the function. That's the same way we bill as well. So whereas a nurse, you know, we, we, we work in the hospital, uh, work, work in all um, types of clinics and, and settings. I, that's not fair to just localize it to the hospital. That's what I do. So, uh, uh, but, but you become more independent when you become a nurse practitioner as far as it's more holistic. I really, really enjoy it so much more than I did as a nurse. When I first graduated, I was just, I really, the first few months of graduating, I was like, I've completely messed up. I'm so comfortable as a nurse. I love what I did. Um, and, and, but then once I become a nurse practitioner, got more comfortable with that role. I really love it because it's so much more of a holistic approach that you get to taking care of the patient as well. And, and, and a shout out, to me and nurse practitioners bring them up. I, I really feel like we're the best of both worlds because mm-hmm. we, uh, you know, we had this knowledge base that we all had going through school to where we can take care of these patients. We can treat them. Like I said, we have more control over their treatment, but we bring the aspect, and this is not discounting physicians. It, it's not, uh, but we bring the aspect of being our whole practice is, is, is revolves around being a patient advocate. Yes. We're there for the patients. We're there to talk with them. We're there to listen to them. You know, so that's what we did as a nurse. That's a big part of your role as a nurse. So we need to bring that to that. Which so outcomes wise, nurse practitioners and physicians are very similar. Uh, the studies, multiple studies, have shown that that the outcomes are they should be similar. They they, they should be. It's nothing that we're making up as far as treatment. Our our treatment is based upon the medical model. Mm-hmm. The same thing the physicians. Uh, but um, I feel like our communication better. Is, is better in a lot of instances. And oh, that's yes. why the patients, I feel like, really enjoy seeing nurse practitioners. But they should leave that with their treatment, really not knowing whether they they saw a nurse practitioner, a physician, or a PA, or, or what have you, because our outcomes should be the same as far as they Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. So that's, yeah. that's, that's my shot. So I don't know if that answered your question or not. but That perfectly answered my question, because I had absolutely no idea there were such differences within, like, I mean, obviously, it makes sense that there are, but I just was many blissfully times. unaware. <laughs> Even within our physical practice, many times. So, oh, yeah. That's it. So, everybody has their own. Mm-hmm. So, everybody has their own. So, I go see a nurse practitioner as my family doctor mm-hmm. because um, I have always felt I have never been rushed out of an office. I have always been listened to. I have been validated and I have been seen. Right. And those are the three big things that as humans, we want to feel connected. Right. Um, and they take their time with me. And if the visit only needs to be 15 minutes because it's just, hey, I've got a sinus infection. Right. That's beautiful. But when it's been more complicated health issues, I've been in there 45 minutes, sometimes even 60 minutes. Right. Right. That's, that's not feel like that's the way that it should be. That, yeah. But I, I feel like that's the way it should be with... Any any healthcare provider, any healthcare provider, That's a exactly surgeon, um, a general practitioner, um, an ophthalmologist, right. whomever. Right. I agree with you, definitely. Yeah. So you referred to yourself as like a true patient advocate, mm-hmm. and I love that because that means this is why we invited you on the podcast because you're going to be a great person to be in tune with patients needs and in tune with the trauma that your patients are facing before COVID, during COVID, post COVID. I think this is a great segue into what is the number one trauma that you're seeing with your patients, um, like most prominent. So, so just to, 
I'm going to backtrack just a second here. My setting working in a media care center is not necessarily the traumas that maybe you guys are used to or, or, or some other people are used to. So media care center is an urgent care center. So we're, we're seeing people, minor injuries, you know, illnesses, stuff like that. We, we always end up, there's plenty every day, at least once I've bitten off more than I can chew. But, uh, uh, but, but trauma was, is, Trauma is subjective. That's that's what I figured out more than anything mm-hmm. is that what may be a trauma to you mm-hmm. or, or me may not be to the next person. That mm-hmm. it, it just I've just found it to be so subjective with things. So um, so we're maybe you know traumas may be physical in nature. It may be abuse. It may be you know uh, um, even 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 accidents and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But um, to, to where people will have you know the, the PTSD. And stuff. But uh, for for and, and of course you got your mental traumas, which you guys know mm-hmm. way more about than I would ever know. And our and our setting is not one that really gets into those situations as much because we're not experts in that. We don't know that very well. We we try to recognize that. And it's tough sometimes. It's, it's tough yes. to recognize the traumas that's being presented to you, and we're human too. We don't we don't always pick up on that, and, and especially some days I'm better than I am others, smarter than I am on others, and, and I won't pick up things where I should. But so you know, some of the things that we see, uh, we we do see those uh, physical and mental traumas and stuff. But but one of the things that I've seen in 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 this community is, is, and I don't know if you consider this a trauma or not, but it's certainly a hardship and it's a, a trauma on a family, whether they realize it or not, because we have a lot of uninsured, underinsured people mm-hmm. in this, in this community that, uh, that we see. And those are tough. They're tough to treat. Those people, um, I don't want to say it identifies them, but it, it really does affect their, whether they show up, whether they even, come to you to seek care, whether they, uh, uh, um, there's just so many factors as, as far as that goes. They feel, we, we get a lot to where they will feel inferior. I hate to say that. that. That's not the case. It really bothers me that somebody will not come to, is not able to see a healthcare provider because they don't have insurance or, yes. or what have you or anything like that. So not to get in, certainly, so if I, if, I think I had mentioned this before. If I start getting political, please, please <laughs> stop me because that is not what I'm here to do. Yeah. Uh, and, and and I know it steps on anybody's toes whenever we say that. And this is merely a subjective uh, of, of opinion, but I feel like that healthcare shouldn't be a. Uh, it it shouldn't be something that is 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 that only the more money has. It should be. It should be. An individual, it should be a right that we have. It should be something that we we all are just as a human entitled to. We shouldn't Absolutely. be. It shouldn't be the, the, the outlier that you have good insurance or what have you. So, so that's what I would like to talk about more. I think than yeah. anything that I see a lot of is, is, is self pay patients. Self pay patients, whether they're self pay by some people come in self pay by choice. Sometimes that's the in our setting that's the cheapest way of doing things. It's cheaper than insurance, and uh, uh, but many are not. Many are not. many many. Will not have insurance because they can't afford it. They uh, maybe they're in between jobs. We we just recently had a, mm-hmm. a big factory shutdown, and yes. I've seen two or three of those people since then. That that their family was was trying to get incentive for another month because they were going to lose their insurance, and they were just asking for you know different things or what have you. So that's something that I think is traumatic on a family. Um, 
I know maybe maybe that touches with me a little bit more personally because I experienced that when I was younger. So here, this comes into a therapy session, right? Uh, I know when me and my wife, we've been together for a lot of years. When we were getting started, we were both in school. We yes. we were didn't we were having a five dollar bill at the end of a paycheck and wondering how we're going to make ends meet. So one of the things we chose to do was. We're like, you know, we don't have to have insurance. We, we're young. We're healthy. We can yes. not do this. This, this, is, this is the time of life. Let's not pay this because we're paying like $400 a month, in, which just seemed like that was just a mint, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it was probably karma. You know, you can't outrun karma. Ever. No, so it will always I think it was you. probably <laughs> maybe the second month into that, my wife made the decision to get a kidney stone. <laughs> she, uh-huh. yeah, which, which wouldn't pass on its own. Had to have surgery. That set us back. I remember paying that $17,000 bill for a long time. Yeah. $17,000 because of kidney stone because we made the decisions not have insurance. Maybe that's something that 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 I have just regressed that I you know, take a lot. So, so anyways, the self-hate people, I, I really I really take serious and we, we really try mm-hmm. to try to uh, uh, help those people out any time we can. So I think whether that's a trauma or not, it is, in my opinion, you know, as far as that goes, and I see a lot it of that, and that's one of the things yeah. I just wanted to try. Well, I mean, sure. medical debt, people in poverty, typically people who don't have insurance are people who already don't have a lot of money. So oh, when true. they're going to visit for their health needs and then right. they're putting even more debt, I mean, when you have to choose between food and a doctor, especially when it comes to your kids. Absolutely. No, that, that's absolutely right. Um you know, those people, they, they pay, whenever they sign into our clinic, I was asking the other day, they have to pay $75 just to be seen. I think that's a lot. I think that's a lot. It's not my practice. I need to start off with that. So that, that, that's fine. And, and, and I understand that because there's still certain, it's not about just in, in, in our setting. It's you, there's certainly bills you have to pay and there's things mm-hmm. that there's staff that have to be paid and there's, there's a sure. curtain that have to be, you got to keep the lights on. So there's certain calls that are, and those calls keep getting higher. So, if a person pays $75 to, to be seen, you know, whenever whenever they self-pay, if, if that person is just sick, I hate to say just sick, but if they're just sick, then we really try to not add any cost to that. We'll always, always, and I don't think this is unique to me, I think this is any medical provider, we'll, we'll try to keep their treatment as, as, as simple as you can as cost effective as you can. So they can afford it because you can have the best medicine, the best treatment in the world, and if the person can't afford it, it's just useless. You, 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 you've done nothing. So so that's um, that's one of the things that we will always try to do. You know, one of the sayings I say in the room tons of times, when I'm trying to get a feel of the person, especially if they're, they're self-pay, I'll tell them, I'm like, I really don't want to kill you with a medical bill, but I'm going to kill you because I'm trying not to kill you with a medical bill, you know? So... So there's that fine line when you're mm-hmm. treating somebody about, okay, this needs to be done. I need to check this. I need to do this. This this needs to be without setting them back even more money because those diagnostic tests get crazy expensive. And and those aren't always those prices aren't dictated by our practice. We can we could charge a, a dollar or a, a million dollars for anything, but you know, there's certain like Medicare dictates, you know, the prices of these things Absolutely. that we have to charge. And and so so you you will try to you'll really try to take care of the people without without breaking the bank on the office. So um, you know, so if there if there's tests that have to be run, we will we'll do the most cost effective tests that we can. If there's tests that we can do without and, and treat, um, when we when if we if we're going to treat whether we do this test or not, whether you know 
then we will we'll forego you know so but there there is that fine line between providing adequate care and, and not killing them with a medical bill too but you you really try to keep in mind to um you, you know their 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 situation as well so that's a that's a tough one um, it's, it's really interesting there. I agree with you. Um, and back in 2010, when I first moved back to Owensboro, I lived in Louisville, left here when I was 18, went to school, explored the world, came back home in 2010. Um, and I was working at the Macaulay Free Clinic. Um, and it was housed in the Daniel Patino shelter. Um, Mary Dan Howard was a nurse practitioner that ran mm-hmm. it. Uh, Linda Dant was the nurse manager at the time. And it was free. And we even were a pharmacy as well. And we also did the patient assistance programs for other prescriptions and medications, like for insulin, um, for uh, other injectables that we couldn't house, you know. But when you walked in the med room, you saw like rows of medications, including Tylenol, ibuprofen, Mm -hmm. aspirin. Things that you can get at the dollar store, but <clears throat> the people who came to McCulloch couldn't afford that. And I will distinctly always in my memory have two, two individuals. I don't remember their names. Uh, one gentleman was older, and he drove in from Ohio County at like 4 o'clock in the morning because it was a first-come, first-serve. We didn't take appointments. Um, in his car that did not have headlights. And he used a flashlight that he held out the window to drive, what, 30 minutes in, maybe 45, to be able to be seen, to get his labs results, to get his uh, medications. And then the other person I will always remember as well, it was uh, a gentleman, probably in his 40s, and he had been let go from his job where he had had, just like you talked about, benefits, right, insurance. And a um, brand-new patient, he came in. I triaged him, and he was in tears the entire time that I was doing and gathering all the information, and he kept saying, I'm so sorry that I have to be here. He, you know, so looking back on that now, it's like there was the embarrassment mm-hmm. There was the guilt of, um, I had insurance, now I don't. This is a whole new world to me, I, I, and I'm sorry I'm taking up space. Right, right. You know? And I said, oh, I'm so glad you are here, right? He had gone without his blood pressure medication for about six months. It happens all the time. Six months. Mm-hmm. And you and I know, and Shelby will clear, that makes you susceptible to having a stroke. Mm-hmm. That makes you susceptible to having uh, all kinds of other issues, Mm -hmm. lightheadedness, dizziness, um, vision problems. And I said, oh, my gosh, six months. It took him six months to work up the courage to come in and say, I need help. Right. That's that's not an uncommon story. You see that in... in that happens all the time where, where people will come in and they are self-pay and they will they will have been on the blood pressure medicine, cholesterol mm-hmm. medicine, all that stuff, and they have not been on it for the longest time. So in those situations, too, you, you, you really try to – so in our setting, 
our setting, which is urgent care, I really try not to do a lot of primary care because it's it's not our primary. And that we there are like your primary care provider and stuff like that. But that's what they do. So, but at the same time, there's no way well, these people go without their blood pressure medicine. So. So we don't want to encourage them to just keep coming back to us to refill their because there's certain labs and stuff that need to be be done. But at the same time, so we we'll we'll have a lot of people come in and be like, hey, look, I'm out of this. I've you know come up with the money to see you guys, and so I know several providers that'll be, oh, I'm going to refill it for 30 days, but you got to go find your family doctor. In those instances, 30 days. We're not going to change anything. So, you know, we'll give them, I always try to give them a minimum of 90 days, even put a couple refills. Now, once again, it's that fine line. You don't want to, because you don't want to encourage them to not be seen and take care of their health, because if they're in poor health, then that just, it seems like they just feed off of each other. You know, so the, the lack of funds, the poor health, and they just keep going off there. So, so it's, it's, it's interesting to see. And then, and then you get the situations to where, you know, you want to try to help them. And, and one instance, one example that that I will will use is is if you have somebody comes in that has hurt themselves, right? Mm-hmm. And they're so so now you need an X ray. Mm-hmm. Um, if if you think you can get by without an X ray, uh, great by all means. But one of the glories with technology is it's made, has made things a little cheaper on our end to do. So uh, once again, this is speaking from somebody who doesn't own the practice. So uh, so but. You know, so so maybe if somebody comes in and they're there for an X-ray and they don't have insurance, maybe we could do that X-ray and 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 not bill that. You know, it's a digital X-ray. We're not out anything to do the X-ray. Just a little bit of time. So maybe if we're comfortable reading that X-ray, there's plenty of times that we will look at that X-ray and give them our. I always try to give the precursor. I'm not a radiologist. You know, those guys went to school for a lot of years to read those x-rays. This is not official rating, but this is what we're going to do. We're going to see if there's something that's suspicious, then we'll just, yep. status quo, we'll send this in, we'll get official rating, and we'll see. But if we can get by, this is generally for, for bones and joints and stuff like that. Lungs, I typically will not, because I'm just not comfortable enough with that. But then you will do that, and, and then just conveniently for just make that x-ray go away. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, so they're not charged for that. I mean, it's just a little way. They paid $75 to be seen. And I feel like that's probably more we're going to get reimbursed from the insurance companies anyways, probably for the x-ray included as well. So, so you really try to help people out when you can. You, you try to take them under your wing and make them feel, and try to make them feel like you're helping them out. Now there's that slippery slope. What if I miss something? What if I miss something? Is that person going to come back a month later and go, no, here's me and my lawyer sitting here like, no, you know, so you hate to you hate to think like that. You know, you have to think like that a little bit. But but you really try it's 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 really interesting to see those people. And and but the main thing that I have that I have and I think it's from being in this position is you, you try to take care of them. This is everybody, this isn't just somebody. You try to take care of them without without belittling them, yes. making them feel like a lesser person. That was already enough. I, from and and maybe and of course, I'm, this is a sexist comment, but being a guy, being a father, I, I, that would kill my soul if I couldn't provide for my family. If I could not, you know, I would, I'd like to think I could make ends meet doing what I had to do to, to do that. But but for somebody to come in, especially once again, sexist comment, I didn't make that disclaimer on there. Um, you know, as a male or as a father or something, I, I would think that would be disheartening to yes. say I don't have insurance I'm not you know but they're still they're, they're, they're bringing their 
spouse, their 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 children, whatever. They're bringing them in there, so they're they're taking the initiative. So I think this is yeah, I think you can. Oh yeah, so. it. You know, I'm curious. I'll go back to like when you first said that you've been in the field for like for 20 years. Mm-hmm. How have you seen? that aspect change regarding self-pay individuals. Um, how how has that changed in the last 20 years? That's a great question. So um, so whenever I first started practice, we're just going to discard my first two years in neurosurgery. I do want to come back to that for a second. One of yeah. the things that I did that that's really interesting, when I started when I started practice, once again I, I got my, my license as a family practitioner. So I went with neurosurgery. Does nothing. So, but I do it real fast. It, it, was, it was a great job. Learn tons. We'd never do it again, but learn tons. Yeah. Uh, but I knew real fast. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've got to do something to keep my skills up. I, I'm not going to do this forever. So, and I really went to school to be a family practitioner. So I've got to do something with that. So this was in Evansville. So lo and behold, two days a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays, two hours every night when I get off with neurosurgery, I would go volunteer at the Echo Community Clinic. Which is their homeless shelter, uninsured and homeless shelter that people would come seek care. No way! It was a huge eye-opening experience. That, it, yeah. it was. I went there to keep my skills up. Yeah. Oh, keeping my skills up was the least of what I got. <laughs> that was a different population that I just was not used to, and Fair. I really, really enjoyed that. So there was a lot there that you got to see, and it was just like you had you had as the medicines. You know, mm-hmm. there was the Tylenol, the ibuprofen. You know, just. Mm-hmm. Maybe half of those per expired medicines too, you know, because that's what somebody had given the clinic. Just and to, you, know, you do with what you got. Absolutely. I mean, we had know. a little allowance with each hospital at the time with St. Mary's and Deaconess that that they would let us to do certain tests, but it's a very little allowance in, in some of these tests, got. So um, uh, we had one girl. I'll never forget this. Uh, she she was a young girl, and she come in with um, she homeless. She come in. Because her breasts were leaking, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, you know what? What am I going to do with this? You know, I, I don't even I know what tests I need to do. There's certain hormones and stuff." But anyways, so I feel like I used all the allotment, all the hospitals, so that so went over. But it turns out she had a pituitary tumor, and that's what was causing this. And it took oh, all the wow. tests. So it ended up, I talked my neurosurgeon that I work for into doing surgery on this girl to take out this pituitary tumor. And it was just really interesting. Now she ended up getting Medicaid at the end because, you know, just everything going on. So that was, that was a great experience. It was nowhere near what I went to it for, but just having to deal with that and everything, it was, it was really interesting just all the aspects. And, but you know, those people are so appreciative. They're so appreciative of the care. Most, most people are not. Uh, Just that one example. Like Mm -hmm. I'm thinking back in my years in medical, like, Seriously, how many times would you see that presentation? Right. That's very unique. Like, that is not a common thing. Oh, it's not. So, just the experience of being able to see things, whoa. Right. And that problem solving just immediately. Like, what do I have to do to get her the help that she needs? With the resources you have. I know that that was really, that was there was a lot of things I did at that clinic for the first time that I had never done in practice. That was probably if they only knew how unsafe they were. Uh, that, uh, they, they did. We, yeah, well, it, you had good colleagues that you could bounce yes. things off of. So, and they have to keep in mind too that I hadn't practiced as a family practitioner at the time. So it was really interesting. It that was, is phenomenal. And so you volunteered, yes, for for maybe six hours a week, yes, 
And it was on top of working what probably sixty hours. Oh my gosh, I don't even get that's the reason I have that job. That's on call all the time. With yeah. That. So it was a it was a both of those experiences were such fantastic experience. Uh, one of them I appreciated more than the others. So neurosurgery mm-hmm. home my lens. I was on call all the time, so yeah. that was no family life. And working with the homeless population, mm-hmm. I mean, yes, that is a very um, rewarding. You know, many of the people I think that came to Macaulay were also homeless mm-hmm. because the definition of homeless also can mean if you're couch surfing. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, 100%. You know, you don't have right. a permanent place. That's no. true. And so they, I will say in my entire career, I agree with you 1 million percent. Those individuals were the most kind 90% of the time, the most patient and the most like appreciative and grateful. Mm-hmm. Like every day I worked at Macaulay, it was always, thank you so much. Like every person consistently, even when you had to deliver not great news. Right. You know, yeah, that's true. That's true. They really were right. um, some fascinating people. It's really rewarding. Yeah. It really is. Oh, so. totally. Get back to your question. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, look, I need you too. I'm glad you reeled it back in because I was getting ready to yeah, like. That's, that's we're, we're, so, we're on a track. So when I first started here after after neurosurgery, we uh, um, I felt like we saw a, a lot of self pay. We we really did, and, and of course, it, I think it was cheaper to be seen. And I, I I know it was at least only $50. That's a lot of money, but $50. Yeah. But I, I feel like when I first started, it even been 25 to be seen. In front of, but, uh, so, but we had a lot, we had a lot of self-pay. Insurance wasn't uh, throughout the years. If nothing has been consistent, it has been that drug prices and insurance prices just keep on going up. Mm-hmm. Not all drug prices, but a lot, but insurance just, it just, mm-hmm. keeps so we went, Really, for the longest time, we saw several self-pay. I don't, I don't know the percentage. Go ahead, um, but probably one of the best things that I ever see happen, and this is the one I'll be hung up on my toenails in the medical community for this is when Obamacare kicked in. I love it or hate it, love it or hate it, it changed the number of self-pay I saw. Mm-hmm. That number drastically went down. Just yes. drastically went down. So there's a ton of things that I could say is wrong with Obamacare. I, I, mm-hmm. I got it down. But there were some good things that come out. Yes. So I'm not completely anti, you know, that. So and I feel like that's probably with every situation. But so it, the numbers really went down from that. And I don't think we've ever really went back. Of course, there's, it's still in the play. You know, there's, 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 there's been some changes and stuff to it as well. So, but our numbers still aren't as high as they were when I first started as far as self-pay goes. Now, one thing that I have seen of big difference of is our population and also too you have to keep in mind when I first started in all this world it was us in convenient care <laughs> that's it now there's that's uh, a lot 111 urgent cares in town I believe I think there are nine or ten that's a yeah. lot uh, so our population has changed as well so we used to be 80 probably 80 percent third payer that's that's insurance that's Anthem United Health you know mm-hmm. all those we see lots of Medicaid Mm-hmm. Whether that's our community from where we're located at, 
and, and you know some of the other urgent cares are seeing more of the third party providers. I, I'm not real sure. I, I don't know. And I really try not to judge either way. But I do see more Medicaid now, and a lot of those Medicaid are ones that I, I really believe were self paid before. You know, because mm-hmm. those are on. And when I say Medicaid, I'm, I'm talking mm-hmm. you know welfare and Medicare, so all all of those. That's just one comes in all in there. So those are ones that Obamacare took in. You know, so we we, we saw that. Love it or hate it, you know, insurance is good for everybody to have. It, it is. And Obamacare, is, it really helped a lot with the self-pay population. So I thought that was – so I've, that's what I've seen over the years. So It did. And it also not only did having um, the Obamacare open up uh, the window of having practitioners, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. for people to, to <clears throat> be funneled through right. instead of the ER. Right. But it also opened up the ability for people to have medications right. and true. to be able to afford those medications at either very few dollars. And we're talking like life-sustaining, like diabetes medications, not insulin, but right. diabetes medication, blood pressure, cholesterol, um, those kinds of things. Whereas before, people could not right. Right. afford those. So that is been a huge difference, I think, as well, because um, when I was working at the hospital um, as a discharge planner, as a nurse case manager in ICU, I remember having to give people like before Obamacare, or maybe it was right when it happened, I lose track, but here are the $4 medications lists at Kroger. Here's the $4 medication list at Walmart, and sometimes they're different which was very confusing confusing. for people. But once they had the insurance, it's like, okay, so your prescription is probably going to be maybe a dollar or two for 30 days worth of medication. And everybody's like, oh, I can afford that. You know what? I I really believe, and it was Walmart that pioneered that, that started off with the $4 list. And Kroger was quick to follow behind that. As many bad things as I'll have to say about Walmart when I'm in there, a lot of times when they're out of something, uh, <laughs> yeah. it, it their $4 list revolutionized a lot of medications. Antibiotics. It, it, they did oh such a great job with that. Mm-hmm. Some of the more common prescriptions that we write that are the older, cheaper things. I mean, that was just fantastic. It was almost too good to be true. You're like, how could they possibly do this for $4? Mm-hmm. Um, now, we have a lot of those older medications that got rebranded. I don't know how how these companies have been able to rebrand something and make something. A great example is albuterol. You know, it was so cheap for the longest time that somebody decided to rebrand the exact same thing and make it 50 or $60. to. Pro- it just drives us crazy. But so Walmart and, and Kroger and these companies, and now Meyer, I mean, I think they're free. They're several drugs that are just mm-hmm. free. Their, their, their list yeah. is just awesome that they did. They've changed a lot of medication, healthcare as far as medication goes when they we did that. There's not as many things on it as we'd like to see, but they, that's a that's a fantastic thing. Is this a Walmart thing, an Owensboro thing, a Kentucky thing? No, it's I've a, never it's a nationwide heard of a $4 list. Walmart, Walmart, Kroger, uh, several companies, and I'm leaving some out, so if I forget anybody, please don't send me nasty emails or anything. Uh, they 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 got the most common prescriptions that were written, and it was a pretty substantial list. I, I, several hundreds of medications were on this, but it was basic blood pressure medicines, steroids, antibiotics, mm-hmm. um, some heart medication, moxicillin. Yeah, there, a lot of heart medications, and and obviously they were mass produced, and so they put these to where you could get a thirty day supply for four dollars. When did this? Happen? This is this. Oh gosh, probably. 
15 years ago, mm-hmm. 10 okay. years ago. Interesting. Yeah. I did not know about yes. this. Yes, <laughs> oh, fantastic. So, so they, 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 they... Mental health medications <clears throat> are on there as well. They are. Depression they, and anxiety yes. medications. Yes. Huh. And they they did that to, or, or a 90-day supply would be $10. So <laughs> so then, then you had Kroger that quickly followed suit because it was such a popular thing. And now Myers... I think they do too. They had like amoxicillin and stuff like that. It's free. You don't pay a penny for it. I guess they're trying to get all the business for the, you know, for get their other business as far as pharmacy. I can't quite wrap my head around how they're doing that for free, but I'm thrilled with it. I so it's, it's just like you don't pay out of pocket because your insurance covers it or you get a prescription and they're just like. This is without insurance. Your insurance really? is not filed with for that. And also huh. people with insurance, if it, because this happened to me, I got, this was several years ago. I was getting my prescriptions at Kroger's mm-hmm. and I have insurance and it was on file mm-hmm. and they're like, you don't mm-hmm. owe anything. And I'm like, what? They're like, no, it's free because it's covered by this Kroger. Right. I'm like, even if you don't need to bill my insurance. Like, yeah, no. that's right. Wow. So there's many times some of these medications, if you go through your insurance, it'd be more expensive through your insurance than it would be just paying, mm-hmm. self-paying, go through this. And another uh, thing that we see a lot of now is we see these discount prescription things which we used to we would see these and we're like i don't know what's the good rx or something that's yeah. good rx is fantastic i, I love it use it often i use it personally mm-hmm. tons of times in the rooms with the patients and, and i do this often with self-pay patients the more common prescriptions that we're writing we we know what they're going to cost mm-hmm. we've we got a pretty good idea of what they're going to cost but there's plenty of times in the room that the person doesn't have prescription insurance or they have no insurance we will look it up right there on my phone and if they have a smartphone, and I swear I feel like everybody has a smartphone anymore. But we will look it up on my phone, and if and we look up the price of it, and it shows when you when you pull this, you put the medicine in the the, mm-hmm. the, the, the milligrams and the how many you want, and then it says, well, here's what it is at the, all the chain pharmacies mm-hmm. in Owensboro, and, and it shows you the price. So we will look. I'm like, and so they may be like, I'm going to I'm going to Walgreens on Frederica today. And so we may look at that, and it may be $20 there through GoodRx, which is a discount prescription, but it may be $5 or $6 at Meyer or Walmart or Kroger or something like that. And so often, like, is there any way we could, huh, we're going right by, you know, can you go swing there? And that's a little bit more inconvenient, but it is going to save you a little more. So these discount prescription things, they're, they're very legit, and, and, and I use them, and I think they're fantastic. Now, having said that, I always, every time I do this, and, I, and I'm like, this is what's going to cost with the prescription, mm-hmm. without the discount prescription card. Mm-hmm. This is what's going to cost with the free prescription card. It bothers me because I'm like, why can't this medicine just cost this without having to show a yeah. free yes. prescription card? It drives me crazy. I don't understand that, I, and I'm sure there's more at work that I that I'm that I'm just ignorant to. But it really does bother me. I'm like, that shouldn't have to be like that. They should get this cost. I shouldn't. You shouldn't have to have a a little wink and nod, a little click to say, oh, here's what it's going to be for me. It should well, be that. And yes. thanks, thankful to you for looking out for your clients and letting them know this. I mean, I, I don't take any medications I haven't. I had no idea that this existed. My husband's on like five different medications. I don't know if he knows about this. So like, I'm learning something I'm going to take home today for sure. It, it, it It's quite handy. That good RX, I think, is fantastic too. So, it's so interesting. But Walmart, Walmart changed, you know. They have changed in the last, and Kroger's now has... Um, you pay an annual fee. Yeah, right. Like a, I'm going to call it a prescription club. Yeah. I don't know. I think it does say club price. I think it does say club price. But sometimes um, you can shop around with GoodRx. And also, this was, again, in 2010. And I can't remember, what was the first generation of um, uh, 
after Coumadin, it came out because Coumadin was awful because you had to get labs all the time. But what was that first generation right after? It was so expensive, and I can't remember. It was a pill, but you didn't have to get labs anymore. Um, we use Eloquist now. Yeah, we um, Zoraltos, but it was way before Eloquist. Way yeah. What is this for? Is this Zoraltos. blood pressure medication? A blood thinner. Okay. A blood thinner. Which I do remember you've, what you're talking about. Yeah, after you've had a stroke mm-hmm. or you've had a heart attack, sometimes people... But I remember Don and Daisy's Pharmacy, mm-hmm. which is right across from KWC on mm-hmm. Frederica. Um, they were the only ones that offered like that prescription for like $35 a mm-hmm. month. This prescription was literally hundreds of dollars. Hundreds. And so, of course, we told all of the heart patients and all of the stroke patients, just take it there and get it for $35, Yeah, and that's... Because that was even cheaper than with insurance. Right, right. Um, You know, something that I've noticed, too, and I'm sure it's been a buzz in your community... And I think it was like five years ago, maybe could be less when insulin, like 300% increase. Yes. It's, it's crazy. And that is a drug that is, uh, you, if you are type one diabetic, you have to have insulin. Right. Um, and I also think about when you said albuterol, I think about inhalers, mm-hmm. individuals who have lung diseases, mm-hmm who have asthma, um, COPD, um, emphysema, I think about those prescriptions have exponentially skyrocketed. And I wonder, um, and I know you don't do primary care, Mm -hmm. but I'm sure you do see people that come in that have those disease processes as well. Um, how, How is the medical community working with and handling those kinds of problems for a self-pay patient or a person who who maybe does have insurance, but it's still maybe a hundred dollars. Well, it's, we don't do this that often, but I'm sure your primary care, it, they probably have a single person that it, it, their job is to, is to these, these drug companies have tons of incentive programs, have these, Programs for for underinsured and uninsured and stuff, where they can, if as, as long as certain needs are met, certain criteria is met, mm-hmm. then they can provide these prescriptions to the patient for very very cheap, many times free. But it takes it takes the primary care provider and, and their primary physician or practitioner, what have you, to to send something in and, and verify that this person needs it. Something like that. So they usually most offices have somebody who just does that. Especially okay. from here. I know I know for like in our building, Dr. Vore next door, he has somebody who, who does the heart medications are mm-hmm. very expensive. Mm-hmm. So and they have a lot of people that are that are those drug companies want people to I'm trying to choose my words. They want people to these are very effective medicines. <clears throat> and if you get started on those mm-hmm. and you're on that for five or six months. They want to be able to help people out, but they also hope that their situation changes too, or maybe they'll get insurance and they'll send me because they don't want to just provide their medication to them forever, you know, especially if it's a $600 or $700 medication. Uh, but at the same time, they're hoping they can then get started on them, just be effective, and mm-hmm. then their situation changes and then their insurance will start picking it up and gotcha. stuff like that. It's not, it's not just, I'm, I'm trying not to say get hooked. 
get them hooked and then they've got, got their yeah, head. Yeah. Yes, that's not it at all. But, but so it's, there are, there are programs in place and a lot of good programs. So, but, um, but it doesn't change the fact that the prices are too high to start off with. And I, I don't, I don't know what I'm ignorant to it. I just, I, I, I don't know it. I just don't think that they're the, uh, you know, a lot of the drug companies and insurance companies, I don't think that they're being mistreated. I don't, I don't think that they're the victim in, in anything. So there was one, there was one headline that I read one time and, and I, and I believe it was in USA Today. I, uh, I'm trying not to misquote here, but, but the headline read, um, this goes back to Obamacare. The headline read, Humana loses $5 billion because of Obamacare. Due to Obamacare. That's, that's what the headline read. And so I'm like, oh, wow, that's interesting. You know, so I had, you know, so I'm reading it and everything, and I'm reading through here. So, so Humana, once again, if you may, from Humana, Reads this, uh, I may be completely wrong. But Humana, instead of making fifteen billion the last year, had made only ten billion, and so they had lost five billion. And I'm like, that's not the way that headline should read at all. I was no. so put out with that. I'm like, it's that stuff that drives me crazy. So misleading. Like, right? It absolutely is. So, and, and it just depends on how that's. It's just subjective as far as that goes. So, yeah. So yeah, so they're they're not the victims. They still make ends meet mm-hmm. at the end of the day, and, and then got some extra to put back. So, so I, I don't know. Healthcare system. It's it's. I feel like the United States gets great healthcare. Um, it's a, it's a broken system. It's a broken system. I don't know the answers. Uh, I I don't know the answers. Everybody's got their opinions to it. So everybody can agree that it's broken. Everybody wants to agree that it's broken, but nobody really comes up with a lot of good solutions. So, my father-in-law, um, one thing he told me that I've just sat on is, "You've never heard of a poor insurance company." And I'm never. like, "Yep." No. Yes. He says that when you like, they try and sell you extra insurance on your car and stuff. Yeah. But so taking it back, I was hearing you say the physicians they prescribe these medications, hoping that their position changes. I watched this interesting news release because back. At some point with Obamacare, Kentucky tried to establish right to work to get Medicaid, Mm -hmm. like people who were able-bodied needed to work X Mm -hmm. amount of time to be able to get the medication. Uh, It was whoever the governor before Bashir was. They, that made major new coverage. They ripped that out of the works immediately, but they were just really trying to push that. Mm -hmm. And they interviewed this uh, dental care person on it. And Mm -hmm. he was like, people need to be healthy to find jobs. They don't need to find jobs to be able to get healthy because if you don't have people who have their needs met, they can't work. You can't force them to work before they're getting their needs met. And that's kind of what I was thinking about and hearing when you were saying, hoping for their positions to change. One thing I try to do is, is, and I do it, I do it every day, is you try not to stereotype. You try not to label everybody in this one big group. And mm-hmm. So are there people I see most every day that, that are all, and we're going to go to Medicaid because that's good. We're not talking about self-aid. We're talking about Medicaid now. Uh, that, that are very able-bodied and, and should be able to provide, you know, some, I, would, I would have to say yes. I could give you examples and not get into that because I'm stereotyping. Uh, but uh, but it, it comes back, you you would have to assume, and that's true, that's absolutely true. If you don't have healthy people to work, then if you don't have somebody that's healthy, then they're obviously not going to be able to work and, and, and maintain themselves. Um, but Medicaid is also abused. It, it is abused. And we see that often in our position as well. 
the vast majority of it is absolutely fantastic. And in, in, in my personal opinion is that I think every kid in Kentucky should be on Medicaid. I think every single kid in Kentucky should be on Medicaid. That way it's a level field. We're not even worried about their health care. I think, I think every child should be just that way that that's taken care of. We don't see too many kids without insurance though. I mean, to throw that out there. So I just, to level the field, you know, as far as that goes, because if a kid, if a child is without insurance or, and I don't think there should be a copay for a child's Medicaid either. And, and I'm not real sure if there is right now or not. I don't think there should be because there's a lot of instances to where if, 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 if a child's copay or their health is competing with a pack of cigarettes, Pack of cigarettes is going to win, and I hate to say that. That's just the way that it is in Los Angeles. So, but so I really feel like every kid should be on a level playing field as far as that goes, as far as health insurance. But yes, I can see the argument that people are saying with with that, but they don't they don't see it like we see it. It's not everybody. It, it's not that's not even close to the majority. Seventy five or eighty percent of these people. Really, they don't want to be on Medicaid. They don't want somebody giving them. They want to have a, a great job that provides their, you know, they, they want the typical American lifestyle, you know, to where they, they don't want to. And that's getting out of reach for, you know, health insurance is crazy expensive. It is really for people that yes, are working, the middle class, it's, it's very expensive to, to do. So that's a large chunk of somebody. What, and the only reason it's more noticeable because it comes out of your check before you ever get your check. So, uh, but so no, I don't think that's fair. I remember when that was going around and in, 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 in the governor before Bashir was mad at him. And um, uh, yeah, so I, I agree. With, I, I agree with both sides on that. I, I truly do. And I hate, I'm not trying to ride the fence. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I feel like I lean more toward uh, Medicaid is a, is a, is a good system. Mm-hmm. Uh but I can also see sometimes how people might get complacent on it too. I can see how somebody might not try to better themselves. There's tons of situations where people who are working that are great workers. We, we have them within our practice. They're just they're great people. They're great workers. They show up. They're very dependable, very responsible. They're good moms, good dads. You know, they, they're doing everything right. But if they make just a little bit more a little bit more, they're yes. cut off of their insurance. And that is a huge hardship. That would be a huge, that would change. So make, to make a little bit more would set them back 25%. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. I mean, that, so in those situations, now I don't, I think that law was meant to be for, for, from what I read about it, it was meant to be for it's just more work. And yeah, if you were making the effort too. But, uh, so once again, I do not have the answers. I, I, I recognize it as a reference system. I don't have the answers, but it's not fair to lump everybody together. It's not fair to stereotype and say everybody who's on Medicaid they should be able, if they're remote able by they should be able to work and, and get off this. That, that that's that, or you know, so or you know, anybody who's on it, it'd be unfair to label them as less ambitious than the next person too. So, um, I think I personally think Medicaid's a great system. But I see its abuses as well. I don't think at least once a day I'm like, Whoa. <laughs> you know, but that, that is a true statement because since the beginning of time, there are always going to be individuals or people who are going to manipulate. We see that in our profession, you know, um, especially when children have been, we used to say groomed mm-hmm. to be sexually abused, but that word is so abstract sometimes. Right. So our industry is changing that word to be manipulated. 
Because people understand manipulation. Because right. we can all think back to a time. Right. Oh, I just got manipulated or into doing this when I really didn't want to, or you know. But there are and will always be individuals who will manipulate something. And now, for what reason? Who knows, right? At what point is a need being met or trying to be met that never was met? Uh, but I think that's a true a true statement and a true assessment. Um, and I loved how you said, but we need to not lump and say, and we, I shouldn't say we, I've heard that a lot in healthcare. There are some individuals who stereotyped everyone. And, um, you know, I'm not okay with that. It's okay to say, yes, there are individuals who are going to manipulate True statement. But to say, oh, they really don't need a walker to get around, but they just want one because they're on Medicaid. Right. I had a nurse say to me. And I'm like, do you really think a person who does not need to use dermal medical equipment wants to use a walker? Right. Or, I mean, is there a black market for walkers? Like, is, is that like where you can like, oh, I'm on the street corner and I'm going to sell you this for $35. Right. And she looked at me like I was crazy. And I was like, you're being very stereotypical and you're really being discriminatory against individuals. Because it's just not, it's not. And there are some people who I think, especially in healthcare, and I'm going to say this because of exhaustion, because of burnout, because of um, large franchises who shall not be named, mandating and requiring, you need to see this amount of people and you've got to be in and out in five minutes and, you know. That all of that healthcare workers, let's not even talk about COVID. We're burned out. Right. And so that is a slippery slope that can lead to us and them. Yeah. It's 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 easy to do, you know, and in human nature, <clears throat> I really truly believe that people are good by nature. I honestly do. I I I really believe that everybody wants to do the right thing, everybody is is good. There's a few knuckleheads out there, but yeah, it is what it is. Uh, so, but if you see 10 people and it's, or you see nine people and it's it's a perfect system, you're like, this is great. And then one comes in and it, it truly is the one that sticks out. And that's frustrating. You know, so I, I see the burnout. I see, I see how people get so calloused into lumping everybody together. I got it completely. And and I would be a complete liar if I didn't say that we have all done that sometimes, I, you know. I so, agree. Yes. So it depends yes. on, yeah, it, yes. you know, it depends on your mood. It depends on how the day is going. And like I tell the girls at work, it depends on whether I've eaten or not. My whole, that changes my whole mood on every way I. Sure. So, so yeah, it, 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 it is frustrating. It, it is frustrating. So I, you see good and bad with Medicaid and, and I don't know. I, I, yeah. Once again, I don't have the answers. One of the things that we have to keep in mind whenever, you know, that um, is, is Kentucky is a lower socioeconomic state. Mm-hmm. It just is, you know, so we have a higher, uh, we have a higher incidence of lower socioeconomic people, you know, they're going to qualify for that. So the same as Alabama, Mississippi, you know, some of these other states, you know, so it's, it's, it's it's interesting to see it all play out, and and 
I feel like um, I feel like a lot of the people that um, make those decisions are are they're not. I don't think are not necessarily local, but I'll, I'll pick on the state. I don't know that our state government is fully representative of the population. You know, oh, it's not anymore. It's really, you know, it's, it's changed. It's always changed. Our, you know, the, the, the I, I, there's a lot of stuff my kids do that they'll tell me in the car and I want them to tell me everything. And unfortunately they tell me everything. Me and my mm-hmm. wife both, and we probably tell my wife way more. And there's a lot of stuff I'm like, I want to hear. I've got to tune this out. I've got to tune this out. <laughs> but, you know, but there's a lot of things that they will say. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, that's just it's just nuts. I cannot believe that they're, you know, their friend or what have you. You know, I'm just like, oh, geez. Yeah, I won't say that out loud because that'll shut them down. They'll never say anything again if they, you know, there's probably times where I have and then we'll get into an argument about it. But I really try not to judge. I try to just voice my opinion without the end. Anyways, they would say different. They would complain. My girls would say different. Like, no, no, he's, you know. So, but, um, you know, I, the example I try to use to people when they're judging our youth. That's a, uh, our youth today, there's tons of stuff they do. And this is my kids. This, this is my kids that I'm just like, what is wrong with you guys? You know, and I'm thinking in my head, but I try to keep in mind too that, you know, the stuff we did, our parents looked at us and was like, what is wrong with you guys? The stuff our parents did, our grandparents looked at them like, you guys are nuts. You know, what is wrong with y'all? And I'm sure it, it's it's generational. It just, it goes, and there'll be kids, there'll be things that are kids kids will do our grandkids will do that our kids will be like what is wrong with you guys um some of it i, I some of it i really think is silly i really have a hard time with it. a lot of it don't a lot of it i completely understand so um so i i feel like i i feel like it just seems like the government always the whether it's the federal whether it's state and maybe even local I, i'm not real sure but you know they're slow to be representative of that, of the younger generations. Always, so that's why you want the younger generation. They they get a little older and they get into those situations, so they more identify what's going on in the population than necessarily. We know, mm-hmm. and I don't think anybody going back to. I think people are good by nature. I don't think when they were trying to the bill you were discussing that they were trying to pass. I don't think there was bad intention for that. There's there's not. I, I'd like to think that most people. I've really been tested in my faith the past few years. But I, I think most people make decisions for the, for the good of people. I, I don't think there's anybody that really gets in the positions of power. I'd like to hope that are doing things just because like, oh, this is, this is, this is, I think they're doing it because they think it's the right thing to do. Whether it is or not, you have to be sane, you know, so. It, de- it, it depends on, and I love that. And uh, there's a beautiful pictorial representation that talks about equality mm-hmm. and it has like a big fence and it has like a soccer game going on mm-hmm. and there's three kids trying to watch the soccer game and so there is a kid who is standing on a certain height of a box another certain height and another right and so equality really depends on what your perspective is and where you're standing And I love how you said, and I agree with this, I don't really think our government, federal, state, or local, is a true representative of for the people, by the people, with the people. It's not. And so that's that's a beautiful 
sentiment. So to that graphic, just because I just recently looked at it regarding social justice, it's equality versus equity. So equality, they're all standing on the same size carton, whereas equity, it's different height cartons for the different height children. That way all of them can see over the fence. Thank you for clarifying and correcting me because it's been years since I've seen that. So but yeah. I just I knew exactly what it's image beautiful. you were talking really about. Yeah. yeah, just equality versus equity. That's a big term that we're learning about. And yeah, representative of the people. So I brought that up specifically because of the person who was a dentist in a it was a rural Appalachian community over in eastern Kentucky and he was like you're not seeing the people here that I'm seeing people who there are no jobs in this area they can't get jobs because they go in for an interview and they have no teeth and they can't get their teeth fixed because they're about to lose their dental insurance and dental insurance is obviously a whole other conversation Mm -hmm. besides from regular medical insurance there you go so you need to know all about that too we need to have her on (laughs) but it is and in kentucky too especially we are one of the most poorest states we are one of the least educated states as well Mm -hmm. um and all of that factors in to so much of being able to, to understand um, because I can educate somebody about diabetes mm. and why you need to take this medicine, why you need to exercise in the morning, start walking. We can do all this, but sometimes if there are barriers to understanding, it makes it more difficult. It, it still doesn't. It. it I, I still think, and this. This is probably because you know, being, we were not very well off when I was being raised. We were, you know, we were on food stamps. We just, it, it just wasn't what it was. We thought that was normal. We assumed everybody did that. Hey, great childhood. I'm not sitting here going back and saying, oh yeah, but. But it still doesn't take away the fact that just and and the way I the way I practice and and I truly hope that everybody practices like this. Is first and foremost, it doesn't matter what your situation is. It doesn't matter what socioeconomic status you are. It doesn't matter if you have insurance, whether you're on Medicaid, whether you have the best third-party payer in the world, uh, what have you. Respect. Gosh almighty, if you just walk into the room with respect, everybody wants to be respected no matter what situation they are. Uh, and and I, I feel like there's a lot of that lost. I, I don't think – and and when – in my practice, I don't, I don't feel like there is that. You, you have people disagree with that. I'm sure that you would. But, uh, but it, you know, with with, with, mm-hmm. with government, with social interaction, with all aspects of life right now, it just seems like there's a little less respect, you know, than, than, than there has been. But that's what I've noticed more than anything is people, when you go into the room, and so, like, when you go into the self-pay, running back to self-pay, if you, somebody without insurance, somebody who's fallen on hard times, somebody who's homeless, somebody, Nobody wants to be belittled. Nobody wants to be belittled. Nobody wants to be talked down to. I wouldn't want to be at all. What do I have to talk down to them or belittle them about? They just want to be respected. I would just deal with the situation or you can, you can, that's right. You, you can help them. You can give somebody something. Nobody wants to be given anything either. I don't want to be, I mean, but they don't want to be, you know, they don't want to be like, um, you know, they, they want to be presented in a way that, 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 it, that's just respectful, and, and that's what most people will, will, will appreciate more than anything in, in a practice, you know, in, in any practice. And I, feel, I feel like just from what I hear, and you, you hear, and certainly not laying out any names here, but you hear the ones, you hear the, 
family physicians, the nurse practitioners, you, you know the ones that are busy. You know the ones that their patients love them. I'm not talking about taking care of them with the best medicine. You know, everybody should, mm-hmm. the standard of care is the standard of care. Everybody should be taking care of their patients the same, right? They, they should, as far as what they've got them on and stuff like that. That's the standard of care. That's the minimum of that that we should all go by. But there are certain ones that are, that are better to their patients. Their patients just think they hung the moon. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and maybe that's the ones that are, that I will see their treatment. I'm like, well, that's, that's probably that's not the best treatment for them. Maybe it is that person. But, but their patients just love them. And it's because of the respect they give them. It, it's, it's because they take the time with them. It's because of, you know, um, maybe they spent 45 minutes with them when mm-hmm. they didn't have to or what have you. It's not all about time. But anyway, so, so that's probably the main thing, you know, I kind of get into just, you know, as far as being able to pay and stuff like that. But I think probably the biggest part of our profession really is, is respecting patient listening, you know, and, and stuff like that. You're always going to, treat them the way that they need to be treated you know and sometimes sometimes you have they have to be guided they have to be guided but at the same time you still do that respectfully you know mm-hmm. still Absolutely. Too, so. but there would be i'm sure there's instances where people will be like i've seen that joker and he didn't respect me at all <laughs> but I, i'd like to think that'd be very few and far between so anyways well that's one of the reasons i reached out to you um was because when we were looking for people to be on the podcast um, I asked my nurse practitioner, Terry, I was like, do you know anybody else in the community? And she was like, mm, yes, I do. You need to speak. And that is how, you know, that connection was made. Right. And boy, she was dead on when she said, Jennifer, you're going to really love him. <laughs> yeah. And Marcy said that too. <laughs> yeah. the, the way, the way and I think we alluded to this before, the, this is what you get. No matter if I'm with the patient, whether I'm sitting with you guys, whether I'm sitting at the house, man, I'll, I don't know. I'm a little bit more crude with my wife, probably. But, uh, but we, uh, 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 it's just it. I, I don't try to talk over anybody. Don't try, you know, just, this is just, I'm the same with every single person walks in the room. And You're that's, authentic, that's just, Chad. You're authentic. Out, so. You're real. That's, that's what you get. So. I love it. I, this was great. This was absolutely great. Oh, We're yeah. a little over an hour. I told you I'd be watching the clock. Yeah. But, that's okay. Is there any final sentiments that you would like to leave us with uh, before Jennifer and I ask you a few rapid fire questions? First of all, I don't think that I really knew this rapid fire questions. Surprise! I don't think so. I, I, I don't think so. I, you know, I, I love what I do. I, I, if just dumb luck that I stumbled upon, roll back to my history real quick. I went to Western straight out of high school, right? Flunked out. I, I, I probably shouldn't be telling that. Went two semesters, <laughs> and then Western let me know that I couldn't come back. They're like, you got to sit out for a little bit. I had some great times. Wouldn't take it back for the... <laughs> but, so I went into the went to the, the military for a little while. Went to the reserves, and it was like, hmm, after I was there for a little while, I was like, of course, this was during Desert Storm. This was in 90, 91, right around that time. So, um, after a little bit there, I'm like, well, oh, I need to go back and try this time. So I went back, and 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 while I was in the army, though, when I was when I was going into that, nobody in my family's medical. Nobody. Mm-hmm. So while I was there, I was like, I think I will go there. I remember sitting with a recruiter going, "What do you want to do?" And I said, "I think I'll do this medical specialist thing. Why not? This this seems like a, a, a decent thing." So I did that, and and from that point on, you know, just 
being in the army, seeing seeing you know a few things and stuff like that. When I went back, I'm like, I think I'm going to try to be a nurse, mm. which was a whole other aspect in itself. Going back with my resume or my my uh, transcript to talk mm-hmm. to them about, it. they just laughed me. Out. Anyways, uh, but uh, so it was dumb luck that I got into the field, and it's just been fantastic. It, it, it's been great. I don't know whether it's because I just enjoy talking with people. I really believe that's a big part of it. I enjoy helping people too, and it's nice to have the knowledge base to be able to do this. It's nice to have the resources, you know, to have the ability to to write the prescription, to, to, to make diagnoses, to make, you know, some big diagnoses, and most are s- small. It, it's, once again, subjective. But, so, I'm really fortunate to do what I do. I, I don't take it for granted at all, and I really yeah. I really do appreciate them. I really appreciate being here, too. It's well, nice. Time for you, too. I know. Uh, if people are, who are listening are like, mm, this is the guy who I need to go see for my sinuses, <laughs> yeah. for my bronchitis, yeah, yeah. Um, how would they find you, Chad? Well, I'm, we're located on uh, 1200 Breckenridge at the Media Care Center. That's in Owensboro Medical Practices building. Um, and we're there every day of the week. I'm not always there every day of the week. I feel like I am. But uh, uh, we're open from 8 to 7, um, Monday through Saturday, and 8 to 5 on Sundays. I am there most weekends, though. By choice. But Any so kind of like an appointment necessary? Is it no, a walk-in it clinic? It is a walk-in clinic. Uh, we... Um, I would love to say you're usually in now. Uh, the name of media care sometimes gives it the sure. wrong. Well, it's so cold it's cold and flu season. That's right. It's cold and flu season. So we're, we're usually turning people as fast as we can by, by still making them feel like they were being seen. So no, but no, no appointment needed whatsoever. So, well, um, I'll say this and then we'll finish up. But at our staff meeting, I think a couple of sessions ago, mm-hmm. after we had originally met and talked and introduced, I was telling everybody just about how amazing you are. And I said, um, I think, because I have always gone to uh, convenient care mm-hmm. over there um, at the health park. And they do great. They There's do. No I'm not saying they don't. I mean, <laughs> right. they have helped me with right. <clears throat> sinuses, UTIs. They're great, right? Right. But um, so you made a convert out of me. So next time I'll be coming in and I'll yeah. be like, yeah. I need to see Chad, That's please. right. That's, that's <laughs> For my, uh, when, you know, Terry and Judy's office is closed on the weekends right. and yeah. everything's a brewing. So We do see a lot of Oh, we love, I love Terry and Jim. They're great people. They are. And you are too. And again, thank you. Yes, thank you so Absolutely. much. Your passion is incredible. Oh, yeah. Totally. I'm glad that, I'm glad that was able to be communicated. Oh, it, it, yes. I mean, I feel the connection. You know, you feel that energy in the room. Mm-hmm. It feels good. So, here we go. Shake off. Because we talk about serious stuff. <laughs> Heavy conversation. Now it's for the fun conversation. Okay. Would you like to ask the first question? Sure. So, these are rapid fire, but they're fun. Okay. So, you don't have to really, like... Analyze this is this. when we get in trouble. All right. <laughs> All right. What is your favorite cereal? My favorite cereal is um oh oh um oh my gosh. Golden grams. Oh, Ooh, I love golden grams. They are yummy. They are okay, if you could have any superpower in the world, what would it be? Oh, that's a great one. Just one? Just one. <laughs> <laughs> that is a tough question. I, 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 my daughters have asked me this before. Um, I'm going to say be able to fly. Uh, that's one of our mine, top that's, yeah, yeah, that's mine too. So okay. I feel it. Okay. What is your favorite gadget that you own? My favorite gadget that I own. Yeah. We're talking tools. It can be anything you want. 
Somebody said a can opener one time. I was like, oh, I love that. I know. I don't know. Um, Jeez. That's a, that's a, this shouldn't be this hard. Um, We're using a different part of your brain right now. I know. I know. (laughs) Um, You know, I, I, I just this past March, I'm not musically inclined bought an acoustic guitar because my okay. kids have all left and I'm having a midlife crisis. Yeah, so, I've des- yeah, so I've decided that I was going to start trying to learn this. So right now my favorite gadget in the house is that thing just to pick up and try to learn. Mm-hmm. And when I, nobody's in the house, let me tell you something. I can rock it out. It is fantastic. And I'm the best musician in the world. In <laughs> Hell it's yeah. awesome. Hell yeah. <laughs> when somebody's in the house, <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> Okay, what is your ice cream flavor? Chocolate. Chocolate. Ooh, Solid. That was an easy one. Yeah, Chocolate. There you go. <laughs> What's your favorite board game or game? Hmm, favorite board game. My favorite board game would probably be man, probably chess. But hmm, that's interesting. My favorite game right now is gosh, it's Mario Party, Super Mario Party, because me and my wife mm-hmm. and my girls compete against each other. Oh, okay. Me and my wife will take on the girls. They're young. Their brain and hands work way faster than ours do, yeah. so they'll always beat us. But there's some pretty good, pretty good competition oh, going yeah. on there for, for Super Mario Party. Love, love Mario yes. Party. Um, if you could be any animal in the world, what animal would you be? Oh, geez, probably. I don't know, some sort of bird. Mm. Keeping the flight. Yeah, yeah. I, I just they just seem pretty peaceful. Yeah. I think I want to be a goose at the hospital. Those things are like kings out there. They're fun to watch. They're they were. Yeah. They, yeah, we don't get too close to them, but we would like to watch when the little goslings hatched. That's right. Yes. Yeah, well, that's in the game. All right. <laughs> last question. Okay. Uh, I think, or do you have another? This is going to be the last one. We're good. Okay. So, what is your go-to beverage in Owensboro? My go-to beverage, besides coffee and water, right? Yeah, if it's coffee, it's coffee. It's whatever you like. And it's where you get that coffee. Yeah. Or if it's if it's the Moscow Mule at the Mill House, you know, whatever. So, <laughs> I'm not I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not a craft person. Let's, let's start with that. I've not found any that I just love, but... Even as a matter of fact, tonight, um, there's very few things more enjoyable. Me and my wife will go to Real Hacienda. This is a shout out to Mr. Real Hacienda. Not Real Hacienda. I'm sorry. Shout out to Real Hacienda. It used to be El Bracero. They make, <laughs> them or Papa Grande, yeah. make the best table side guacamole. Yeah. That in a big, tall, cold, it's got to be crazy cold, Nick Ultra. And I, that and chips, and I'm just. You're happy. Uh, we're, we're, we're going tonight. My wife, my brother, she goes, uh, a couple of our friends is what made us tonight. She yeah. goes, you want to go El Brasso? Like, yes, I do. There you go. Sounds that's like it. a that's, good thing. That's day. what we do. So El Brasero or Papa Grande. You Either love their Mick Ultra with the big O. Mm-hmm. Their mm-hmm. table side guacamole chips. I think I know what I'm having for lunch. I'm telling you. Guacamole. Guacamole. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you again. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed talking to you guys. Well, we enjoyed you. Yeah, thanks for taking time out of your day. Okay. And we just want to say to all our listeners out there, whether you're in India or Wisconsin or right here in Owensboro, thank you for tuning in today. And you can always change the world tomorrow just by listening today. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Well, we've made it to the end of our episode. We want to thank you for listening. We hope you'll take something you heard today and use it to change the world tomorrow. We wanted to thank our music producer, Seth Hedges, from Uriah Wild Media. His website is in the show description. Also, a big shout out to Roddy Newton, our technical advisor. See you next time. This project was supported by grant number VOCA 2020 Green River 26, awarded through the Kentucky Justice and Public Safety Cabinet by the U.S. Department of Justice. The opinions, findings, conclusions, and recommendations expressed in this program are those of the authors and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Kentucky Justice and Public Safety Cabinet or the U.S. Department of Justice. Thank you.